Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business, and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. We had our eight air conditioner go out, so it was quickly becoming 85, 90 degrees in the house. And so we used last $1,500 to our name to fix the air conditioner. And my son was turning one that same week that it went out, actually. So we were in an interesting place. Hey guys, it's Donnie here, and I just want to let you know that we've recently launched a content development company, and this company helps people get social content. You know you need to put out a lot of content nowadays to get engagement out there in all your social platforms, but we've come up with a really cool way to help you get videos, blog posts, memes, social posters, and infographics for you know, whatever social site you need. So check us out at successchamps.us and learn more about how you can get social content for your social media. Support for this podcast comes from Point Blank Safety Services and Blue Family Fund. Blue Family Fund, helping dependents of law enforcement families on their journeys. Blue Family Fund is a nonprofit that raises funds and offers financial support through higher education scholarships for dependents of law enforcement officers and by providing financial assistance for families of fallen law enforcement officers. Every dollar donated will go to the families of police officers, either through scholarships to dependents of police officers or as aid to fallen officers' families. Visit us at bluefamilyfund.com. You're listening to Donnie Success Champions, where I believe Everybody is on a journey. Life is all about the stories you can tell and teach later. You're going to hear the stories of people who have overcome hardships, failures, and life to find success along their journey. All right, guys, going to be another cool show today. I'm bringing on a guy, Jerry Latigoat. I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about what he does, his story, and, and talk a lot about his journey. Jared, welcome to the show, my friend. Tell me your story. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Our story starts back in 2000. Then me and my wife were in a house that we had bought a few years before that, and we had been really struggling with finances. And as you know, in Texas, well, if, whether if you live, you live in Texas, it's hot <laughs> in Texas in summer, and particularly in August. And we had a we had our air conditioner go out, so it was you know quickly becoming 85, 90 degrees in the house, and so we used. Last $1,500 to our name to fix the air conditioner. And I had one, well, my son was turning one that same week that it went out, actually. So we were in an interesting place where we were at that point paycheck to paycheck. And no one had ever taught us how to manage money properly. And no one had ever showed us long term investments. No one had ever talked to us about budgeting. I mean, none of that stuff was never, either one of us never had it. You know, I grew up, money was just kind of, uh, 
spent like water. You know, that's how my family was. They didn't have a lot, but they had apparently had plenty to do whatever they wanted. So, so when we were in this position, you know, we had a $1,300 house payment floating ahead of it or above us. We had, you know, car payment, had a credit card, we had all this stuff. And now we were paycheck to paycheck and not able to really do what we wanted to do. So we decided that this has got to end because I don't want to be struggling like this. I don't want to raise my kid like that. And I just hated the way that my wife was feeling, you know, so strapped and not able to really do what we wanted to do. So we, at that point, we were like, okay, we've got to get on something and figure this out. So we had been toying with Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University for about two years at that point and never really done it. But we finally did. Took us 14 months and we paid off $34,000 in consumer debt. And that was a lot of student loans and credit cards, that kind of stuff. And that was a very interesting journey because it really made us realize that we were not on the trajectory that we wanted for our life. And so at the end of that, we're looking at it going, Oh, we just paid off all this money. That's great. Now we can start building a life that we want. Right. But we really couldn't because the life that we wanted, the goals that we had for that life were completely different from the life that we had. So we wanted a few goals where we wanted more family time. We wanted my wife to be able to stay home with our then one kid in homeschool and eventually, you know, more kids down the road. And then we also wanted me to run my own business. And those things were really difficult to do when we had money going out the door and even a big house payment that we had to really kind of, well, it was big to us, not big to a lot of people, it was big to us. And we just weren't making the amount of money that we really needed to, to go the, in that direction. So a couple of years went by after that. And we just, we had, uh, at that point we had our second child and we decided, you know what, we're going to do something really. Uh, so my wife came to me with this idea. This is, this is her. She said, I have an idea. And that's the way I, the way I point it is it's really not an idea. It's really more like Martin Luther King Jr.'s like, you know, I have a dream speech. And it's like, she paints this picture for me of like, this is what our life is going to look like if we do this. Right. And so she did that. And she said, I want to sell this house and I want to build a 800 square foot house somewhere that we can pay cash for. And I'm going, Whoa, 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 hold on a second. (laughs) We, we've worked really hard to get this house, right? This was a, I think our house was 1800 square feet. So normal city lot. And we'd accumulated a lot of stuff in there, but it wasn't really making us happy. You know, we weren't really where we wanted to be or on the path that we wanted to go to. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, well, we got to figure out how we're going to do that. And she's like, well, I've kind of already got it figured out. I I know what I want. We're going to build this, you know, this type of building. We're going to convert it. And this is how it's going to be. I was like, well, that's a pretty solid plan for coming to me with an idea. (laughs) But, it, you know, after I've learned over the years, you know, like she has a good idea. And I feel like it's been something she thinks about, you know, over time. And she doesn't, she's not rash about things. So I trust her. So we decided together that that was a good direction for us. And that was the second big journey that we took. And so over the course of the next about three months, we got our house ready to sell. We, I actually built like a website that we could list all of our stuff on it for people to purchase. So it was kind of like an online garage sale because we had so much stuff we were selling. <laughs> and we sold about 60% of our belongings and we downsized from a 1800 to about a thousand square foot is what we ended up with. And we built it out in the country and paid cash for it as we we're building. And I even sold my 68 Camaro, which was difficult to do. I mean, that was, that's like a 
shot in the gut, you know, when you're getting rid of something like that. But I mean, it was a sacrifice, you know, and I knew it would get us where we needed to go. So that's the backstory to get us where yeah. we're at. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. No, that's awesome. Let me dive in a little bit. So sure. you're living traditional middle America paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. I mean, you had a little bit of money mm-hmm. in, in the bank, but not enough to sustain you for anything. So in the middle of the hottest month of the year, especially in Texas where it can get up to, you know, 115, you know, ridiculous degrees and feel like you're walking on the face of the sun. Uh-huh. Air conditioning. Yep breaks down and you've got to figure out how to repair that, which takes care of any cushion you may have. Now I'm assuming yeah. at this point you guys are working just regular jobs. She was part time and I was freelance starting my own business as a web designer. So Okay. That was, so, yeah, so we you were, guys weren't even bringing right? yeah, even in No, <laughs> no um, our income at that time was about fifty thousand and if we look back on the numbers, I don't even know how we did it. I mean, I say that I definitely think that we had God's grace on that and I think that it was a plan for us to do that. And I also think that we spent our Friday nights figuring out what we were going to sell on Saturday because we had to make some money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, what's cool about that is I think a lot of people are going through that journey right now. You know, is they're on that that path of paycheck to paycheck, you know, can't find a, a strong enough job or whatever else to get enough income coming in. So kudos for you guys to being able to come up with a plan for one, but really selling your stuff off and getting detached to things to be able to, you know, get some solid revenue coming in. That's huge. Not a lot of people have that desire. In America, we get so, so attached to things. It's funny as I have a friend that owns a junk removal business and he also does some missionary work in Africa. And, you know, in Africa, the, the people there can't comprehend what his business is. Because they don't understand the excess that we have as an American society, mm-hmm. all the extra things that we have. They just can't wrap their head around it. So, so you guys decide to jump in the Dave Ramsey's plan, and which is really interesting to me because I've had a couple of guests on the show that you know are 100% against his philosophy. So I really enjoy his mm-hmm. perspective of this. But you guys take the plan on, follow it. And are actually able to pay off $34,000 worth of debt by scraping by on, you know, on the Ramsey plan, yeah. but figuring it yeah. out. Yeah. You know, that, that's pretty yeah, impressive. It was. You know. it was hard. It was really, really hard. I mean, you know, there was not going out to eat. There was not all the extra stuff. I mean, we didn't buy gifts for us or anybody else. And, you know, we're, we're givers and we like to – buy gifts for people whether it's experienced ones or whatever you know but it's it's still it was hard it was really really hard i definitely anyone that is on the path to really trying to figure out how they can get a handle on their finances it's going to be difficult it's not easy but you know like anything else yeah you got to do it and that's exactly it. I mean, is I mean, there's a lot of listeners that are trying to become entrepreneurs. They're they're trying to become business owners. They're trying to do whatever, and you know, everybody wants it to happen overnight. They want a magic wand waved, and and it happened. And it, you know, it just comes down to you really have to go through it to become it. And if you don't have the dis- discipline or the tenacity, 
to stay the course on a solid game plan, then it's going to be almost impossible to accomplish anything. So that speaks volumes for you two and what you guys have been able to to pull off. So then you go so far as you sell everything, including your house, and move out to the country. Tell me about the 68 Camaro. I mean, that's what it was, right, 68 Camaro? Yeah, it was. So I got that when I was 14. My parents bought it. I had been through some medical issues when I was younger. I had a pacemaker put in when I was 13 and had a really rough, you know, year and a half going through some stuff. And so they kind of bought that for me as a, you've had a rough few years and they have something to look forward to when you turn 16, you can drive it. So it was, I mean, it's definitely something that was meant to be an investment. They knew that I wouldn't keep it forever. You know, I eventually could sell it off and make some good money off of it. But it became very, I became very attached to it. You know, you have, like you mentioned, you know, Americans being attached to things. Well, this is a classic car. You know, there's not that many of them around. Most of them that are around that are that age are derby cars and they're destroyed, you know. And so to have one that's in good condition that was, you know, pretty much all original, except for the motor, of course. I mean, it was it was a really nice car. And so we had some good times with it. But the lifestyle that I had with everything going out the door and wanting to start my own business and wanting to basically minimize my life, I couldn't do the things that I wanted to that car to maintain it and drive it. And, you know, they just cost money. They, they just always do, you know, at that age. Um, I just didn't have the freedom and the time to do it. It needed to go somewhere where someone could pour into it. And thankfully it did. There was someone that bought it. It was about 30 minutes from me. And that's what he did was restore like motorcycles and old cars. And so he bought it for his wife. And she ironically had gone through, she had her leg amputated about a year before that. He promised her when she got after her therapy that he would buy her a 6 day Camaro. That's what she's always wanted. <laughs> so it went to a good home. So. Matt, if that isn't the universe stepping in and saying you're doing the right thing, I don't know what is. Yeah, I don't care <laughs> what you believe in, man. I love that cool stuff. I mean, I mean, how do you? I mean, how else do you explain finding yourself in a situation where, you know, you need to sell a '68 Camaro and somebody else promised their wife a '68 Camaro and it just happened yeah. to work out at the same time? I love that stuff. That's so awesome. Yeah. So, cool yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you guys move out to the country in comparison to where I live in the country. You guys are still city folk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> new chops. I say country. We're we're still we're five minutes from town, but we're out of city limits, and so we could build what we wanted. And we're off of a main road, but we're four acres behind the main road, so we're not like you know. Nice. So Uh, so you're pretty close to country. I like it. So what kind of house did you build on that property? Because it sounded like she had this game plan. Yeah. So we actually built a custom metal building that, you know, people use for shops. So it's got the R panel siding and all that. And we just built a thousand square foot building and has foundation, everything still framed. And then my father-in-law is a contractor who actually lives on the same property with them. And he was, he's done, you know, framing his entire life. So he helped us, you know, he did a lot of work and finished out the inside of it. And I did a lot of work. My dad did as well. And we basically built this thing from the ground up, you know, with our, with our own hands and our own resources and hired out, you know, to certain contractors where we needed. So Now, I'm curious, are you guys far enough out of the city to be out of a lot of the permit and zoning? Yeah, we don't have anything. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no that, the same way. So we looked at that. That was the other thing that we, when we came up with this idea, it was like, okay, where are we going to build now? Because everywhere has zoning and permits and all yeah. this stuff. So we had to go outside city limits. 
we looked around when I looked up north, you know, we were looking to ba- basically anywhere within an hour of where we lived and couldn't find anywhere that didn't have restrictions. And so my in-laws were like, well, we've got some extra land if you want to build on our land. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, <laughs> most people don't want to live next to their in-laws, but I have a great relationship with them. I mean, we've always gotten along really well. Well, and great you, for the kid, grandkids living next to their grandparents. So, <laughs> no, uh, dude, you and I have some crazy similarities. So I already told you, you know, I have my farm. On my yes. farm, I built a second house for my in-laws. Um, that's oh, wow. There, so we built that in the backside of my property. My brother also has a farm. He built a cabin on his property for, for our parents. So I'm half wondering if this isn't going to be like become a new trend in the marketplace where families are buying land and building multiple houses and things on it. You know, we love it. I mean, yeah, I don't have kids, but my brother does. And so same thing situation you're in is the, you know, the grandkids are constantly playing with grandma and grandpa's house, always sneaking over here and getting food. They're not supposed to be eating and all that. Cause you know, you know, grandma <laughs> and all that stuff. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's um, cool. I I really enjoy it. You know, they used to be that way. Like, you know, families used to do that. They used to live on the same property, and you'd have family land and that kind of stuff. And then we kind of got away from that. But there's, it's still around. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 awesome. And I'll tell you, I mean, we lost my father-in-law in January this year, and it was a real blessing to have him on the property as he was getting older and his health condition was getting worse, especially mm-hmm. through hospice care and everything else. You know, they were close by, so so it made that whole period, uh, you know, still difficult, but a lot easier. So, you know, so now you and your wife have become somewhat financially stable have a house completely mm-hmm. paid for, completely out of debt, running your own company. Is, is your wife a completely a stay-at-home wife now? She is, yep. We've got three kids. She stays home and homeschools and loves it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So what are you doing now with life? I mean, you're done, right? I mean, you don't have to do anything else. You, get, you have no bills, no worries, just, you know, making sure the kids are getting more expensive the older they get, you know, and all the stuff you got to buy for them. But other than that, right. you don't have, have any concerns, you know. So so what's life doing with you now? <laughs> well, there's never no concern. <laughs> there's always concerns. <laughs> That's funny. No, there's. You know, the the thing the thing that I've come to realize is that there are so many people that are in our position or, you know, we, we were at the kind of the lower end of the spectrum in terms of income and that kind of stuff and where we're at for our area. But there are people that are, you know, bringing in six figures and still struggling because they don't manage their finances properly. And so this is the message that I've become passionate about and I've been really given is teaching that stuff. And so that's what I do now in, in companies and personally uh, is help people understand how to handle, handle their finances, everything from budgeting to investing, all that kind of stuff. And really how to open up the freedom that life really has available if you do things and you manage your resources properly. Because at the end of the day, I mean, if you're trying to run a business, you, you got to have your, you got to have your house in order. You got to have your, your finances in order. You got to have your plans. And sometimes you just need accountability for that. So it's become it's what I do now. No, I that's, people that, that, that's that's really cool. I mean, well, it's interesting you say is, you know, you got to get your house in order. Because I'm a firm believer that, you know, I don't know if there's such a thing as balance. 
you know, but I do know if your home life sucks, your work life sucks. And I also know the yeah. opposite of that is true. If your work life sucks, your, your home life sucks. And it's interesting that you've taken this philosophy with your personal income and you move that into the business realm. Did you know a lot about business? Because, I mean, there's, there's some, definitely some similarities, but there's mm-hmm. a lot more to a business financial transaction. Did you apply these same principles to your own business and now it's doing fantastic? Or is it something you found was a niche and went after? So as far as like the personal finance goes, I mean, that really, there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, I don't have a lot. I still don't have a large income. I still don't have a super thriving business or anything. I actually transitioned from web design to more consulting just within the last you know year or so. So that's still getting built up. But the point being is that if I know how to budget and manage what I have coming into my house, then I can do the same thing and apply it to my business. And my business finances and, and house finances are still separate. But I can plan for things in my business by understanding where I want to go and really planning out if I have X number coming in, then this much needs to go into savings for those months that are so low or if I have this much coming in, I need to, you know, put it back over here so that I can purchase, you know, equipment or software or whatever later down the road. Just those really simplistic things that most people don't think about and people try to just kind of cash flow things and just kind of wing it sometimes, you know. And I think as, you know, as an entrepreneur, my, entrepreneur myself, the accountability is a struggle, you know. You don't always have somebody there telling you, hey, <laughs> you might want to watch what you're doing, you know. And so I think that that's why it works well in business. And on the broader scope of that, if they're, you know, I work with companies too, and I can, I do like financial wellness company wide. So personal finances are huge in terms of productivity and engagement and retention and all these things in these larger companies, because people are struggling with them so much that they aren't performing at work. And then they're not sticking around at work because they think they need to go make more money somewhere else. And the right. similarities between personal finance and just an employee at a company is is ridiculous. I mean, it's that's really the bottom line of why most people are stressed. Now, I'm really curious. Are you a financial advisor or are you just an educator? Yeah, just an educator. So I am that. an advisor. Yeah. So I'm not a financial advisor per se. I educate on the idea of these things. I can, you know, drill down to budgeting. I can tell you like the, the basics of investing and the basics of insurance. But and that you're kind not of stuff. going into somebody and trying to sell them a 401k, a mutual fund. No. Right, right, right. No, that's absolutely just, not. No. This is what makes us even nope, more Nicely done, dude. Well, well, I mean, that this is a really, really, really cool thing because typically when you get somebody that's focused on the financial realm, it's they 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 want to teach you something because they want to sell you, you know, right. some portfolio idea. They want to sell you their product. Right, right. Yeah. And you're really coming in just to educate. Now you're making money off, you know, selling the education. Don't get me wrong, but sure. you're not putting them into risky you know, investment things to right. take advantage of possibly their ignorance or whatever else you're saying, look, this is how you fix things. Yeah. That's- yeah. I mean, that basically, and so you, you know, you mentioned the, the Dave Ramsey stuff, you know, I, I definitely know that no matter how, you know, there's people that 
disagree with what he teaches and there's people that are 100% on board with it. I am not 100% on board because there are some things that are different in our life that he would say, you probably shouldn't have done that, like building our house on, you know, my in-laws property that now basically has no resale value. But it's, it is what worked for us. It got us to a place where we're completely debt free. And it was a, it was a big step that we needed to take for our journey. So I teach those principles the same way that he would in terms of the education part of it. But I definitely think that everybody has their own story. And I think that everybody has their own tweaks in the past. But yeah, the education part is, is, I mean, that's what I'm passionate about is instilling this idea that no matter your situation, no matter how far in debt you are or how crazy you think your finances are or, you know, whatever your life looks like now, there's hope at the end of that tunnel if you take the right steps to get to where you want to go because you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and you'll get there eventually. Yeah, no, and that's absolutely right. And I love how you positioned it to the point of you're going into companies and helping them from a retention standpoint by educating their people so their finances are better. Because, look, man, most of us grow up with parents in middle America. I mean, there there are some people that are above that. But, but you know, our parents, my parents at least weren't talk to about money. I mean, I can remember Mm my mom saying the first time she had to write a check when she was 18, 19 years old, she had no idea, had no idea how to pay bills and all that because you just didn't talk about money. It was impolite. And, you know, she came from an affluent family, but they didn't talk about money. And, you know, when her and my dad got together, they went through years of financial struggles because they just didn't know any better. And, since they didn't know any better, they didn't know how to teach us as kids, you know, how to right. get good with money. And I think a lot of people suffer from that where, you know, because the parents are screwing up money, we know they're not making a lot, figuring it out. So they don't know how to pass that information on to their kids. So, you know, we're just going to ignore that and hope they figure it out on their own. I love the fact that you're bringing that to the table and say, hey, let's have a conversation and hopefully that becomes a multi-generational, you know, learning experience for people. That's awesome. Are you doing this from like a course you're teaching? Is it a seminar? Is it workshops? I mean, how does it work? Yeah. So for companies, I do training courses. So I could go in and do like, you know, an hour and a half long session on various topics related to finances. And some people will contract with me to do several of them. So I could do one a month for, you know, six months, whatever. And then I also do, I also offer like time slots. So I could go into the company, sit there for two, three hours and, you know, people can come in and meet with me and, you know, look, look at their finances personally one-on-one. So that's a company benefit, right? The company is paying for that because they recognize the retention that they're getting out of it. They recognize the productivity they're getting out of it and all these things. And just the sheer fact that companies these days are needing and learning to pour more into their employees because people are wanting to work at a company that they feel valued. And so that's one more way they can do it is providing financial wellness. It's a really, really trendy, good, trendy topic right now. I don't normally jump on trends, but I think that financial wellness is one that's to stick with for sure. <laughs> and then on a personal level, I do basically one-on-one coaching. I don't have any courses right now. I've got some that I'm planning, but I honestly have not gotten anything online yet for that but most of it's just accountability coaching every couple weeks and i work with people for uh, anywhere from one time to you know two or three months at a time and just kind of help them through it 
No, that's awesome. You know, one of my favorite financial books I ever read was called Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. Have you ever read that? I have not, no. No, it's a phenomenal read. And he similar concepts I'm assuming to what you're teaching, but he you know, he teaches how to put your your finances on autopilot at no matter what level. And it was a really, really good philosophy and you know, he's doing a similar thing. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think there is a ton of people that really need to hear your message and what you're doing because, you know, as a good friend of mine said growing up is, you know, money won't buy you happiness, but being broke will sure damn make you miserable. <laughs> very true. <laughs> very, very true. You know, so if people can get their financial stuff in alignment and start getting themselves out of debt, studies show that one of the biggest reasons for fights and marriages and divorce and everything else stem around money issues. The number two cause of divorce in America. What's number one? Infidelity. Really? Which uh, consequently is probably caused by, <laughs> by <some of> the <laughs> money. Absolutely, <laughs> right, right, right. Everything yeah. and everything. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. Learn something yeah. new. I love it. So how do people reach out to you? How you know, if they want to get in touch and learn more about what you do, maybe take you up on coaching or companies want to work with you, how do they reach out mm -hmm. and get in touch with you? Everything is on my website, jaredlatigo.com. I do have an email list that I send periodic, typically weekly, sometimes biweekly articles to. And then there's also kind of a course on there when you first sign up to kind of get you jump started. So I share a lot of free information, a lot of resources. At the end of the day, I'm passionate about it. I want to help people. I know it's kind of weird because people that are struggling financially don't really need to be spending money. But the thing about it is that if they're struggling financially, they're probably spending in the wrong places. And so if you spend it in the right spot, then you're going to free up so much more opportunity. And that's right. what I've come to realize. So, so that's huge. Give me the website one more time. JaredLatigo.com. L-A-T-I-G-O. Jared, I got to tell you, dude, it's been a blast having you on the show. Usually when I get financial type people reach out to me, I always get a little weird leery because I never know which direction I want to go. But I have enjoyed the hell out of this, man. Very insightful. And I really love what you're doing to not only helping you know companies and businesses out, but really helping the individuals. That's really commendable, bud. Keep that up. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I always try not to be like stuffy and stodgy. I know that this financial stuff, people are like, ah, you know, don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. But, you know, you got to talk about it, right? I mean, you, you, if you don't get this stuff out in the open and you don't start talking about it, then how is it ever going to get fixed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes for, I mean, pretty much everything. Yeah. If you can't put it on the table to talk about it, even all the taboo topics, then then it's going to continue to turn into a monster that you're going to have to deal with one way or the other eventually. Okay. So, well, here's how I like to wrap up every show, and I do stump some people on this, so be forewarned. If you were to leave my audience with a phrase, a quote, a mantra, a saying, something they can carry with them on their journey, especially when they're going through maybe some of the tough times in your lives and they're trying to, to keep pushing forward, what would be that quote, phrase, mantra, or saying that you would say, remember this? Three words. Do what matters. Ooh, I like that. Explain it. So I think that no matter where you're at, if you do the thing that matters next, then you're going to slowly make the progress that you want. Think about it in terms of finances like we talked about. 
you know, you're struggling. The thing that matters is to get your finances in order and figure out where you go from here. Because if you keep doing the same thing you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. You're in a marriage, you're struggling, you got, you know, arguments, whatever you're dealing with, figure out what matters the most and do that next step. And I mean, it doesn't matter whatever situation you're in, if you do what matters, then, you know, eventually you're going to get where you want to go. You got to understand what your goals are, but doing what matters will eventually get you there. That's awesome, brother. Jared, thanks so much for coming on the show, my friend. Thanks for sharing your story. I'm sure people are going to reach out. Love what you're doing, man. Keep doing it. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Donnie Success Champions podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our current guest today, or if you'd like to hear stories from our other guests on the show, come hang out with us on our website at successchampspodcast.com. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you need to reach out to me for any reason, you can catch me at Donnie at DonnieBovine.com. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success because that's what it means to be a success champion.